Learning and Development, written by Michelle Whelan, narrated by AI Simulation Ellie. Episode 1, We Quit. For some reason, podcasts seem to relax me. The chatter of a bunch of nobodies talking about junk is much better than the office chatter that goes on here. But the thing is, I'm not too fond of the ones about serial killers. There seem to be too many of them. Hey, just because one podcaster got famous for one doesn't mean they are all going to be famous. And I always feel so sorry for the victims of the crime. Why do people seem to worship the killer than what happens to the victims? I can never understand people. I was knee-deep into listening to this one about the different effects learning has on the brain. It made sense to me as this was my field, learning and development, and we had to cater to all kinds of learning into one module. It's not easy, but somehow we always make it look easy. I was doing the last lot of checks on the builds for this new sales product that the sales team had to know before the launch date, which is next week. But as always, the learning and development team is always left out on any new sales product, changes to the company, or anything that might help their customer-facing team with their customers. You know, anything to try and get the company further. I sometimes wonder if we are just some sort of an afterthought. I always hate being an afterthought. And of course, Somehow we are blamed for this. The sales team or the customer-facing team can't make sales because they weren't taught about the company's new products. So us, in the learning and development team, race through training to ensure the customer-facing and sales teams are all up to date, sometimes with minutes to spare. Something else caught my eye as I looked over this course for the millionth time. I moved my eyes towards the distraction. Two desks over was Doug. His head bounced up and down like he was busy working on something. I really couldn't tell. I moved my head up to peer over the computer screen to see that he was on the phone, nodding to the conversation he was having. He didn't seem to be impressed by the conversation, but it was hard to tell as he kept looking down at his desk and writing notes with his other hand. Oh, Doug, my one and only friend I have in Portland, my working buddy since I first moved here from Australia, the only person who took the time to train me in instructional design, the guy who saved my butt in the first company we worked in. The guy who showed me around Portland and knew where all the best craft beer was. Oh yes, this is Doug. The best friend, the sidekick, the architect, and the work husband. I sat up straight and watched him over my computer screen until he put his phone down. He caught my gaze and decided to come over to me. He got up from his seat, placed his hands in his pocket, and sort of shuffled over to me. Can we do it today? He asked. I heard what he said as I removed my headphones. Why? I asked him. I just got asked to do another project and, man, I really don't want to do it, Doug complains to me with his hands still in his pockets. You know I'm an architect, not a designer, but apparently you have too much on your hands to do it, he continued on. He quickly darted a look at me and then added, so I have been told. I placed my headphones on the desk and sighed, thinking about Doug's situation. He is right. He is more of an architect than a designer. He builds learning management systems more than he designs the content that goes in them. He is very good at what he does, making them so user-friendly. The last time I saw Doug build content, it was worse than a 90s PowerPoint. What's the project? I asked him. Oh, H&S, he said, sounding unamused by the subject. I threw my head back and groaned at the idea of OH&S. Oh yes, occupational health and safety is the most common course we build. We have been in the business of e-learning for 10 years, and the number one course we build is OH&S. I threw my head back to face Doug. Seriously, why do we need to build OH&S? If Carol from Finance wants to put a stepladder on top of the desk to hang Christmas decorations around the office, 
then she ought to break her neck. I mean, it's common sense, really? Doug leaned on my office divider and smiled. I thought we aren't allowed to hang Christmas decorations anymore. Really? You can't hang Christmas decorations in the office? Did we add this to our last OH&S course? I was shocked to hear this. I was sure we always hang Christmas decorations all the time. It's because they don't want to offend anyone, Doug whispered to me. Offend anyone? Then why don't they have other decorations, like Kwanzaa or Hanukkah decorations, I told him. I don't think it's like that, Doug tried to correct me. I couldn't figure out what he meant. You mean there are no Jews in Portland, I said, realizing that came out a little too racist. Doug and I have been working off our last contract with Utah. This telecommunications company offered SIM cards and mobile phone plans or something like that. It's hard to pay attention to what they sell as they change their products every three months. We signed on to a 12-month contract, but that was about three years ago, and both of us have been looking for a way out. We may have found it. One drunk night, we got talking about our futures. We both never envisioned being contractors forever, bouncing from contract to contract. It's hard to chase a contract down, I remember Doug saying at one point. I knew he was right. Chasing that contract is hard. You try your best to make a good impression on the company, but they come up with these stupid learning theories that make no sense and expect you to know how they work. If you can't follow or understand these dumb theories, then why would they bother with you? The more we talked that night, the more we both realized we wanted the same thing. Why don't we go into business together? I remember asking Doug. I can't remember his answer or how he answered me, but I knew we were up until 3 a.m. planning out a strategy for a business. Since that night, we kept talking about going into business together. Our talk became a reality when we found ourselves on the phone with the bank, booking an appointment to get a business loan. So please, can I quit now? Doug pleaded with me. We have our meeting with the bank on Friday morning, I told him. Then we can quit? Doug asked. Well, let's just see what happens after the meeting. We might not get the loan, I told Doug. Oh, we will get it, he said, feeling confident. My computer dinged, and a notice stated we had a meeting. I looked at it, and then looked back up at Doug, who was still standing there waiting for more information about quitting today. I packed my stuff on my desk and told Doug, We have another meeting. Like right now? He asked. Yes, I said as I stood with my notepad. We sat there in this meeting, listening to everyone talking about this new product launch and taking notes. There was no talk about the learning process from the customer-facing workers in the company. I sat there waiting for my turn to talk, trying to get the attention of Chris, the head of the project. Without fail, he would choose someone else to talk about the next part of the project. Once everyone had finished, they ended the meeting. Everyone began to pack up. Wait, I shouted out. Everyone stopped what they were doing to look at me. What about the training? What about the training? Are you guys finished? Chris asked. Well, yes, we are. But good, see ya, he said as he walked out of the room. I looked over at Doug and he stared back at me. Good? See ya? That can't be the only answer. There are a lot of unanswered questions to go along with this training. I quickly grabbed my stuff and hurried out to catch him in time. I managed to stop him in the hallway. Chris, wait. He stood there staring at me like I was wasting his time. Once I managed to catch my breath, I told him, the learning is ready, but I need to know how you want to deliver it. Mass email with a link. He told me and started to walk off. I stop him again. Sorry, no, that won't work. People need to get off their phones to learn about this product. They won't do it for free and in their spare time. He didn't like this idea at all, but it was true that you will create time for any learning to be done. 
No one wants to learn in their spare time. Are you nuts, Sarah? Getting my workers off the phones? That's a lost revenue right there. You need to find another way. Then he walked off. I stood there watching him walk off, wondering how we would deliver this training. I am not going to miss this dick when we finally leave. Chris was that person in the office who liked to show off that he knew everything but actually knew very little. Likes the illusion that he works in a corporation. Chris didn't listen to me on the training side during this project. I mean, it's great that the company wants to launch a new product and make sales, but you need to train the workers on how to make that sale. I have had a bunch of ideas on how to do this, but Chris wouldn't budge on any of them. Learning is very important, Sarah, but not in my time. Chris told me once about another project we worked on. It was a backhanded comment at me. All I had to do was design training around his team's schedule. This may explain why his team is constantly failing at their jobs. I stood there watching him walk away, high-fiving people along the way. I bet a can of Coke that this douche would be the guy who would take over once we leave. Doug finally caught up with me. So what do we do? Without looking at him and still staring at Chris, all I could say was, send out a mass email with a link, then walk into Gary's office and quit. Doug and I still didn't move. We continued to stand there watching Chris walk down the hallway. I finally turned to look at Doug. I was disappointed in myself for believing in Chris's schedule and falling for his ideas on learning. Still, I knew I had to say it. No one cares about learning, do they, Doug? Doug slowly turned to face me. He shrugged. I don't know, Sarah. We have worked in some shady places, but we also worked in some good places before, too. I heard him, but I couldn't agree with him. No one cares about learning. I sat there in the bank, waiting for our meeting to start. I had our folder resting on my lap. I looked around the bank, trying to remember the last time I was in a bank. As I looked around, the nerves started to get to me. I slowly bounced my leg up and down and started tapping my fingers on the folder. I felt someone place their hand on top of mine. Sarah, stop. You make it look like we are desperate here, Doug said, with his hand on mine while still looking at his phone. We are, I told him. Yes, but we can't make it look like we are. They might not give us what we want, he told me as he put his phone back in his pocket. Douglas Winterfield? Sarah Miller? A guy said as he approached us. We stood up and shook hands as he led us to his office. We sat at his desk, and he did the same on the other side. He opened the folder before him, looking at each piece of paper. So, what kind of business are you guys doing? The banker asked. E-learning business, Doug answered. The banker stopped in a mid-turn to look up at us. Yeah. The story of our lives. Once you mention the words instructional design, learning design, or even e-learning, it just goes over anyone's head. We build and design online training material for anyone, I explained in autopilot mode, as this was a normal conversation for me. Online material? The banker asked. You know those compliance courses you do, they are always online, I said to the banker. Yes, he answered, wondering where this conversation was going. Well. We build them. I finished my explanation. Oh, you guys want to start a business doing that? The banker asked again. I looked at Doug, trying to get him to answer for us. I know e-learning is not the most exciting business to get into, but it's something we both like and are really good at. Yes, I finally said, like I was giving up. The banker turned another page in our folder and then breathed deeply. He opened his drawer and fished around in it. I don't understand what you guys want to do with this business, but... You seem to be nice people. Then he placed a rubber stamp on each of the papers. I leaned in closer to see what he was stamping. The big red words, approval, go across each of the pages. 
I will approve you guys for 250000 the banker said as he signed on another piece of paper. I tried to hold it together, but it was hard to do so. I felt like my life was starting up right then and there. I felt Doug place his hand on mine to stop me from jumping up and hugging the banker. Splendid, I said without trying to be too excited. I burst out of the bank with a massive smile. Are you fucking kidding me? $250,000. $250,000 fucking dollars. I shouted at Doug, who just stood there smiling away at me. Come on, let's go and celebrate. I know a great place to go to, Doug said. I suddenly stopped being excited. I knew the place Doug wanted to go, and it's not that great at all. I sat there looking around the great place. The blue light made the place dark and sad. I counted the men in the place but lost count when I noticed that most of the guys were sad, balding middle-aged men, looking down at their drinks and not looking up at the dancers. My glance turns to Doug, who was enchanted by the dancer on stage. I follow his stare towards the dancer, who was either drunk or has no idea how to strip. I raised my eyebrow at the confusion that was going on stage. Suddenly, a topless waitress stood before me, grabbing my attention from the so-called dancer on the stage. Hi there, I'm Chastity. What can I get you guys? She asked as I lost my concentration. I mean, her boobs were there at my eye level. I tried to look everywhere else than at her chest without making it too obvious because I know how it feels when people rather talk to your boobs than you. It's not like I don't like boobs. Boobs are great, but they aren't my cup of tea. As I tried not to stare at her, I kept thinking of things to say. I hated the food here. In fact, I don't understand why Doug kept going here. He always tells me it's because of the beer. He loves his craft beer, and this strip place makes its own beer. Oh, we have specials today, Chastity said realizing there was a script she was supposed to keep to. Oh, okay, we have tacos, nachos, and chicken wings, she said as she tried to think of each item. Are the chicken wings cooked? I asked. I remembered the last time I ate them and got sick. Tacos would be good, Doug said, finally joining in the conversation. Fine tacos, I said, giving up on the conversation. Chastity writes it down, gives us a little smile, a quick bounce, and walks off. Why do we keep coming here? I asked Doug. What do you mean? Doug asked while taking a sip of his beer. I don't like this place, I said, taking my beer off the table. It's so sad for a stripper club. Isn't a stripper club supposed to look inviting and intriguing? Some place that is also comfortable, a place to have a drink or two, a place where we feel comfortable taking a lap dance. I took a drink and looked around the place, seeing that this place hadn't changed in the last five minutes. I swallowed my mouthful. And then there is this place. Blue lights, sad customers, and strippers who can't dance. I like the beer here, Doug answered towards me. I knew I couldn't win this argument, so I gave in to Doug. I sank into my chair and slowly drank my beer. Chastity approached us and placed our tacos in front of us. I watched her do this but noticed something quite strange. Her nipple landed on the tacos she put in front of me. I looked at her wide eyes, wondering if she had noticed this too. When she stood up straight, she had a bit of grated cheese and salsa on her nipple. Is there anything else? She asked. Nope, I said quickly, wanting her to go away. She smiled and walked away. I pushed my tacos towards Doug. Do you want mine? I didn't feel like them after what I witnessed. Doug pulled the plate closer to him as he dived into his tacos. I hate this place. When I got home, realizing that the reality of owning our own company was starting to hit me, we managed to get our loan, but now what? How to get started? I opened my laptop and started researching how to start a business. 
I need this company to work. I don't want to go back to Australia. There is nothing there for me anymore. I have to make sure this company becomes a success. I read each link Google offers and wrote down each point. Once I managed to have all the points I needed, I knew what the next stage is. I sat at my desk, listening to another podcast episode and finalizing the course. I looked over at Doug, who was staring at the computer screen. I really wanted to go over to his desk and tell him that I have a plan to get this company off the ground. He turned to look at me and caught me staring at him. He placed his computer on lock and walked over to me. So, he said, thinking of something to say. I have a plan, I told him, trying not to let other people around here. A plan? He asked. For our business, I whispered to him. Okay, he said, and started to walk away. As he turned around, I said, this means you can quit. Knowing I said this a little too loud, I looked around to see if anyone was listening. He spun around and placed his hands in his pockets, doing little bounces as he looked around the dim office. So, can we do it now? No, I said, at the end of the day. Finish off our last lot of e-learns and then into Gary's office. And tell him to kiss my ass. Doug finishes the sentence for me. I admire Doug's enthusiasm, but did have to quiet him down. Well, yes, but shh, we can't let people know we are leaving. Why? Doug asked. People will make a big deal about it, and I don't want a big deal. I mean, we are just learning and development. No one cares about us, and there will be speeches, cake, and awkward goodbyes from people I don't even remember. But I like cake, Doug reminded me. Me too, I told him, trying to fill in the time. The computer dinged again for another meeting. I looked at it and dismissed the notice. People will notice when we are gone, Doug said quietly. Nope, they will replace us in a couple of days. I wouldn't be surprised if they already have people lined up to take our position, properly with some kid fresh out of high school, or worse, a friend of Chris's who is desperate for a job, I reminded him. Or better yet, someone from HR, Doug added. I pointed at him to say that was a good one. I picked up my notebook and turned to Doug. Meeting time. I finalized the slides, rendered them off, and added them to the learning management system. Create a mass email to send to the company. I looked over at Doug. We locked eyes and gave a slight nod at each other. I looked at my watch and saw it was only 4 p.m. I was done with this place, and our loan got approved. All that money is sitting there and not doing anything. My business plan is sitting there in my notebook, waiting for us to take action. I was so excited to start this new chapter in my life. I packed my desk, shut down my computer, and stood up. Doug stood up, and we both decided to head to Gary's office. If this moment were like a movie, we would be walking in slow motion with some kick-ass soundtrack behind us, making this moment more badass than it should be. We both reached Gary's office before I could pick a soundtrack from a playlist in my head. This also could have been even more badass if we kicked the door down, told Gary we quit, stuck our middle finger in the air, and slow motion ourselves out of the building. But instead, we knocked on his door, waited for a come-in, and then placed our notices on his desk. He slowly picked up the papers and read them. He let out a little giggle and said, You're joking, right? I didn't know how to answer him on this one. Gary returned the paper to his desk and said, You know you must give two weeks' notice? You can't walk in and just quit. Read your contract. I stood there, stunned at the reaction that Gary gave. I had no words. Nothing. I just want to leave and start my new life. Gary folded his hands before him and said, Besides, it's a Monday. Who quits their job on a Monday? 
Most normal people quit their jobs on a Friday or at least a Thursday. Doug quickly leaned into me. Knew this felt strange. But we don't have contracts. We don't have contracts. We haven't signed a new one for years. Once our 12 months finished, people just kept giving us jobs to do. And we just did them, I told him. So, Gary said. He leans back in his chair. Two weeks in a meeting with HR. We walked out of Gary's office feeling defeated. Doug turns to me. Hey, I know a place we can go to cheer up. I sat there staring at my beer glass, wondering why a strip club would be the perfect place to cheer someone like me up. Also, why would it be open on a Monday? Hi there, I'm Chastity. I'll be your waiter. Wait, am I your waitress? Chastity said to us. She stopped doing what she was doing to look at us. Hey, I know you guys. Are you the swingers? What the hell? Does she think we are swingers? I don't look like a swinger at all. I needed to fix this up. We aren't swingers, I corrected her. Oh, sorry. So you one of those lonely wives who let her husband have the fun? She asked. What the fresh hell? This situation is getting worse. I don't look like a lonely housewife who lets her husband do whatever he wants. I didn't know how to answer that one either. Can I get another beer? I asked her, waving the empty bottle at her. She wrote it down and left. I turned to Doug. What have you been telling people? What? I'm a lonely housewife? I asked him. What? He said back. We are swingers? I asked again, concern. What? He responded. Chastity returned with the beer. I'm sorry. I'm just new to all this. I shouldn't make assumptions about people. It's just, I see you two in here quite a lot, and I just assume that you guys were either swingers or something else. It's fine. Doug just likes the beer here, I told her, pulling the beer closer to me. She smiled back at me, and then left. Doug turned to me and asked, So, what's this amazing plan do you have for our business? You know we don't even have a name for it. I reached into my bag and pulled out my notebook. I opened it and placed it before him to let him read what was there. Doug pulls the notebook closer to him, reading each dot point I had put down. An office? was the first thing he said. Yeah, there is no way we will be running the company from a one-bedroom apartment, I said. I don't know. A one-bedroom apartment actually sounds better than an office, he added. Hold up. Turning to face him, I asked, Where would we meet with new clients? He sat there thinking briefly. Okay, an office then. He points to the following line. Website and logos? Do we have any of that? Once again, Sarah, we don't have a name. He was right. We don't have a website or a name. Doug sipped his beer. I can build the website if you need, but I need a name. Doug asking for the name of the company and wanting to work on the website brought back memories of when we first met. When I arrived in Portland, I found myself in the same boat, getting laughed out of companies as I look like a joke in the field of multimedia. Just because I used to teach it doesn't always mean I knew it. But this e-learning company decided to take a chance on me. I remember the interview like it was yesterday. I sat there nervous while the old guy in charge looked over my resume. You can code? He asked. Yes, I know. Before I could finish my sentence, he said, You can code. Wow, you can code. I wasn't sure where this was going, but he kept saying, You can code, you... You can code! Then giggled. He put my resume down and then said, Wow, I never thought I would live to see this day. I still didn't understand what was happening. They have computers in Australia, he asked me. Yes, but... I answered him. And... You're a girl. 
A girl who can code, he continued on. I felt like I had made a mistake. Maybe I could call defeat and go back home to Australia. He picked up my resume again and said, You know I have to see this for myself. Can you start Monday? As much as I hate it, at least I had a job that paid me 20 bucks an hour. It's not much, but can pay off my tiny studio apartment. I sat there at my desk, coding away on what I thought were games. Turns out they were online courses. Every now and then the old boss would stand behind me muttering, Unbelievable, you can code! It would get on my nerves until the guy sitting next to me said, He is such an asshole. You know he only started this e-learning company because he heard there is money in online learning. I turned in his direction to find this tall, fair-skinned, skinny guy. His long finger hovers over the mouse, his dark hair with cow lick bangs and big black-rimmed glasses, which he would push up his nose occasionally. His clothes hang off him like he doesn't eat that much. He smiled at me with a friendly smile. Hey, I'm Doug. Sarah, I would tell him. As I sat there staring at him, I never thought that we would still be best friends ten years later, still drinking the same beer at the same strip club. Doug has changed since those days, as he is not so skinny anymore, but still wears his thick black-rimmed glasses. I asked him again, This place is too depressing. Why do we come here? It's not that bad, Doug answered me. Besides, it has great... Craft beer, yeah, I know. I finished his sentence for him. But Doug, this place is quite depressing. Don't we need to hang around just because the beer is good? Could we get some travelers? I asked him. He turns to look at me. What's a traveler? I sometimes forget the Australian slang that flies out of my mouth, not realizing that most people have no idea what I am talking about. I sipped my beer and translated what I said. Traveler, a drink you can take home or outside of the bar. Oh, a paper bag, Doug said to me. I looked around this sad, depressing place again, realizing there was an exit interview we had to go through tomorrow. I wonder if I turn up drunk. That would excuse me from talking to HR. God, I hate HR. There we were, sitting in front of the HR in the boardroom, feeling slightly hungover. I drank a little too much. She sat there smiling away at me, closed mouth and hair done up like it was not going anywhere. A slight vomit feeling came up in my mouth but I swallowed hard, hoping it would disappear. I look over at Doug, leaning on the table, waiting for this meeting to start. So, she started and went back to smiling again. I have a few questions to ask, she said as she flipped some pages in her folder. So, you guys are leaving in two weeks? She asked. I didn't know how to answer this. Yes, Doug answered. Why? She asked. We want to move on to better things, I answered. I didn't want her to know we were starting a business. Better things? She asked. Look, don't get me wrong. This place is great, but I'm... Well, we are feeling stale while being here, I answered for Doug and me. And I... We just want to find a new challenge. She looked at the both of us, then darted her eyes towards Doug. Yeah, what she says. I looked down at my watch, wondering how much longer this was going to take. Quitting is so hard to do. Is there something wrong? she asked in that sickly, calming voice. I realized what I had done and said, no. Was there any negativity in your job? She asked. I slightly turned my head, trying to think of her question. Negativity? It's a corporate job. Of course there is negativity. I looked at her and needed to answer her. No, I answered, hoping there would be no more follow-up questions. Great, she said as she wrote my answer down.
I watch her lean over the paper like a 10-year-old writing a creative story. I elbowed Doug to get his attention, but before I could say anything, she had another question. Will you guys ever want to come back and work for us in the future? How do I answer this question? Do I tell her no way? I spent the last few years being told I was nothing but a waste of space. No one really cares about learning and development. This company is failing so badly because of the lack of training. I better answer her. Yeah, I guess. I mean, nothing bad happened here. I feel like I need something new in my working life. She leans on the paper like a 10-year-old again. Once she finished, she casually said, good. I elbowed Doug again, and he looked down at me. We both shared a smile, but it was a smile to state that he wanted this to end. Okay, one more question. Would you know anyone who might want to do this job? She asked with a smile. Are you kidding me? Do I know any other instructional designers? Do I know a learning designer? Do I know anyone who is so desperate for a job in this company? This is what I am referring to. This company is so lazy that even the HR lady wants me to do her job for her. Wait, does she know what we do? Do we know someone to take over learning and development? I asked her. She was confused, then shuffled the paper in her folder. Learning and development, L and D, she repeatedly said. Did she know who she was interviewing? I looked back at Doug, and it was like we both knew what each other was thinking. She finally found the paper and held it up in front of her. She read it and then said, Oh, now I see. You guys were L and D. I thought you guys left over a year ago. What? I asked her, confused. Well, your contract ended a few years ago. Oh, so you guys stayed. And now we are quitting, I told her. She closed the folder and then smiled at us again. Okay. You do realize you don't need two weeks' notice. You guys could walk out today? I took a deep breath and said, thank you. I stood up and left. You have been listening to Learning and Development. Tune in next time.